Welcome to the Geek the Geek podcast, where it's time to catch up on geekery. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. I'm gonna mayonnaise on my geekery. Okay, today we're talking about a bunch of stuff, just because uh, this is always the one that we do that's our last chance to just get a bunch of stuff out there that's built up on our geekery list before we do our games of the year list and our best of the rest. So this is it. This is like we're getting everything out there that's going to be eligible for this year. Um, but we have a bunch to talk about. So why don't you get us started? Well, first of all, the, the one of the nerdiest things I guess I've been doing, the geekiest things, is I've started playing GURPS with Todd and Bamashox and Joe and then uh, other folks, uh, Kelly and Raven from some of the Warcraft podcasts, uh, like Girls Gone Wow, Warcraft Radio, and like, it's fantastic. Like, GURPS is so hard to do. Like, GURPS is so confusing to me uh, since college uh, because I'm so used to D&D now. But there's going to be a podcast coming out, hopefully, uh, by the time y'all listen to this, maybe, or after the beginning of the new year called As the Dice Roll. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, it's an actual play podcast. It has a couple of campaigns going with it. And so playing GURPS has been uh, a lot of fun, uh, getting to know a different, uh, different kind of setting and playing a sci-fi RPG with folks. Like, it's been a lot of fun to take part in cool well and you're still doing D D also right yeah like multiple things jennifer has made fun of me a lot because of like when i get into something i go all in and so like i'm playing on friday nights with austin uh and his wife and our friend barry uh going through icewind dale uh then we actually started a monthly group with some of the uh geek to geek listeners and uh, folks uh and staff doing curse of strahd uh mario michael is uh doing that from discord where uh, he's working us through that and it's been it was a ton of fun doing our first session of it like i know nothing about curse of strahd so uh playing with all new folks in an all new setting uh is just it's just tons of fun and then I'd mentioned before, uh, but y'all should definitely go check it out that we did an extra live stream of a D&D campaign with Todd and uh, Alenzia and Data Air and me uh, for extra life raised money and stuff. But there's a link to that on the Geek to Geek media site. And uh, we actually have a Geek to Geek media YouTube page that just has that video on it. Uh, so that <laughs> okay. one's cool. Well, um, so are you doing you're still playing a and d game also, right? Yeah, like a long time ago, long, long years ago, the uh, Neverwinter MMO came out. Like the, uh, it kind of, it didn't replace the D and D online MMO, but it became basically the main one they were supporting. There were console versions and stuff. So I've been playing it, and uh, I've always played it a little bit, but never got anywhere near very far. And so since I, I like this, I've been wanting to play it. I wanted to see some of the stuff. I noticed that a lot of the expansions, like the patch content for Neverwinter, actually followed the hardcover releases um, a lot of times of what the 5th edition source books were coming out. So they have things like the uh, Descent into Avernus, uh, like the Baldur's Gate uh, prequel, the Baldur's Gate 3 prequel stuff came uh, into uh, Neverwinter. So since I'm looking forward to that game when it comes out, like ever since they announced it, it was like, why don't I play this to be able to work through that too, since I'm not going to be able to work through the hardcover. So stuff like that I've been playing and it's been a lot of fun. Um, yesterday, the WoW expansion came out, Shadowlands, and I actually found myself last night playing Neverwinter over playing the new WoW expansion. Like, That's kind of surprising explode. to me, but I mean, you must be liking it then. 
like it's a lot of fun it is so much more fun than i really than it's so much more fun once you get further into it than it is at the lower levels just because you finally get to like pick a subclass and things like that and you get into the more exotic areas of the game like you can get into the Feywild and you get into more of the iconic D&D places as opposed to just like the slums of uh, Neverwinter or the slums of uh, uh, Protector's Enclave or whatever city it is. But it's it's really, really good. So I've been playing it. Um, that's cool. I, also, I have one that's like tangentially related to D&D yeah. that I'll throw in here. Um I've I've been messing around with Hero Forge, which have you oh, ever it's looked so at that? Cool. Okay. Yes, I've been messing around with it recently too because I keep seeing people on Twitter posting pictures from it. Like it must be a recent re like redesign that they did everything. So like the, the thing that they just did is they added color. That's what was missing okay. before. So Hero Forge, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is um it's a platform that was originally a kickstarter thing now it's completely standalone you don't have to be a kickstarter backer to do it but you can go and you can basically it's a digital interface for designing your own mini figures and they sit on you know like a base or a stand just like any mini that you would buy for tabletop rpgs or like wargaming that kind of thing um but they have I, I don't even know how many different like races and um, different wardrobes and different like arms and legs and faces. And you can like go in and it, imagine if you had the power of like a video game character creator, like all of those sliders, all of those options, all those different like customizations. But then at the end of it, you could go and you could buy the minifig and it would 3D print it exactly the way that you designed that character. That's what Hero Forge was. And it's always been interesting. It's always been cool that you could print out, you know, just kind of like a base, like gray minifig, just like you would expect from minifigs. And then you take it home and you can paint it. Um, but for people like me who have never been into painting, the piece that was missing was like, I don't want to paint it. Like I want to, you know, digitally just like click a thing and make it look cool. And then you can print it out in 3D and send it to me. They yeah. just rolled that out recently. So that's probably why you've seen it more. And that's why I went back to it to look at it again. And it's really fun. Like I took, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes one night and I just like put together this like rat man with like a feathered mm -hmm. hat and he's like has robot arms and he's holding like a cyberpunk gun and he has bunny slippers on and like a coffee mug in the other hand. And I, it was just fun. Right. I messed around with it. And then uh, my, I showed my wife and then we sat down together and she's like, oh, let's like make a character for like both of our kids. So we like spent an hour, maybe an hour and a half, like making one for each kid just to see like, what would we like? How do we interpret them through this character editor? And that was super fun too. So just messing around with Hero Forge. Again, I haven't actually paid the money to print off any of these minis. I don't know if I ever will, um, but they do have digital packages too, where you can like print off, you know, like tokens to use in online gaming, or you can just like get nice digital prints of them. Um, either way, it's fun. It's free. It's a really cool character editor to mess around in. And then at the end of it, if you want to, you can print a minifig from it. So yeah, Hero Forge was kind of one of my geekery things I wanted to throw in here. And I remember when that service was brand new, uh, whenever it was first introduced, it was for World of Warcraft, where they took your armory character that you had with the different, uh, when they first introduced the armory, where it was basically you could see your character sheet in its model in 3D in a web browser, and Hero Forge would pull that, and then you could adjust the like pose and model based on what gear you were wearing in World of Warcraft. 
Um, I never ended up doing it. I wish I had and got my dwarf priest uh, wearing the armor that he was in at the time. Uh, I wish I'd gotten that printed. But like I when I saw this coming back like this, I hadn't thought about it in years. And when I saw people posting it, I went and played with it a lot, too. And I ended up like the browser crashed and I ended up losing all about maybe 30, 45 minutes of customization. And I was like, mm-hmm. so I got to go back and redo it. But it's so, so much fun to play with. Yeah, it's super cool. So, sorry. Okay, what else do you have on your end? Oh, um, I've been reworking the book covers for my Technomage Archive trilogy and uh, for Nimbus. Um, I got you know it's been seven or eight years with all the same covers, so I'm trying to uh, to really work on marketing our books again. Uh, just seeing what we can do because they've fallen off. I mean, you don't if you don't market, people don't uh, end up knowing about it. So, uh, getting new covers and uh, working on the descriptions and maybe re-editing a little bit uh, will work. And also, we're finally, Austin and I may finally work on the second part of Stratus, the uh, sequel to Nimbus, our steampunk novel. Uh, It's about five years late that uh, I ended up putting it all together, and uh, we might be able to release it soonish once everything kind of calms down from the holidays or over the holidays to be able to take a look at it again. So I'm excited to do that. Like, I've been feeling really creative lately, like like writing and uh, world building creative. So that's a really good way for me to ease myself back into it is book covers, uh, working on a second part of a a serial novel, that kind of thing. So I'm excited to get back into doing more fiction, fiction writing. Dude, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. I hope that you can get back to it the way you want to. I hope so, because I, I loved doing it. And uh, it's it's something that I'd fallen off of because I don't like self-published marketing. Like that particular industry is really annoying with all of the stuff that you pretty much have to do to get noticed. And I didn't want to do it. But now we have this platform with geek to geek We have a community. And uh, not that I'm going to be, you know, hawking everything to them. But it's a much easier way to transition rather than just uh, shouting into the night. So so that's going to be fun. Um, you know, we were talking about books and and fiction and stuff like that. So I read and finally finished the first Wheel of Time book. It's like, I can't believe that I finally finished it. Uh, I started it when I was 14 years old, and I finished it when I was 37. Yeah. Um, I've probably restarted it a good four or five times and gotten bored and never finished it. But I finally, finally did with a combination of audiobook and uh, ebook. And I have to say, I'm so excited to start the second one that it is so unbelievably good once you pass through that first quarter of the book. That if you can get through. Robert Jordan really wanting to be the Walmart version of Tolkien, then you are going to get a fantastic story with wonderful characters. I've never been able to really push through that. And now I finally did. And I'm all in for the series because the only reason that I haven't pushed through it is because the new Brandon Sanderson Stormlight book came out. I was pushing to finish the eye of the world before the uh, fourth Stormlight book came out, Rhythm of War, and I realized that as I was looking up to see the specific date, that there was a 
a Stormlight novella called Dawn Shard that took place between books three and four that I hadn't read either. So I pushed harder to finish the Wheel of Time book and then read the novella and now I've started Rhythm of War. And I, I'd forgotten how much I love these books. Like the, the Stormlight Archive books are just fantastic. And if y'all read them, make sure that you read the novellas that take place between books two and three and three and four. Um, Edge Dancer and then Dawn Shard because they make things way clearer in the books that they precede. So I'm super excited to get through this and just see where Rhythm of War is ending because Brandon Sanderson says that he has an idea for this 10 book series, but the first five books are a storyline and the second five books are a different storyline. So we're almost to the end of this first narrative, and I'm really excited to see where it goes as it gets to this like penultimate chapter of really everything coming to a head and uh, getting to that climax where things can be resolved in the next one. I'm crazy yeah. excited for that, knowing that it's this giant epic series, but he actually has it planned out to make it digestible. You know, I'm that doesn't happen with epic fantasy authors. No, for sure. And I like the other three. I'm I'm excited for this one. I picked it up. I just haven't started it yet. But yeah, Rhythm of War is definitely on my list to get to soon, hopefully. And then I forgot, we were talking about this before we recorded, that uh, I'd forgotten that Ready Player Two was coming out this fall. And it came out today as we're recording this. So it's, uh, it's on my list to finish after Rhythm of War. And then, um, like, I'm just, lots of books I want to read, and that has not been the case this year. Yeah, so no, that's I, good. It's good to want to read things that are recent or even not recent, but just getting excited for books is always a good feeling. Yeah, and I haven't been this year. Like 2020 destroyed my brain in a lot of ways. Just the stress kept me from being able to focus. And now I'm finally getting to where I can focus. So, yay, upping my uh, anxiety medicine helped. Um, that was great. Uh, the We started watching uh, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Well, actually, let me, let me, let me say this. Jennifer started watching The Queen's the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. It's a chess series. Have you seen it yet? Not yet. It's on my list and I keep hearing good things about it. So I'm going to. It is really, 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 really good. I did not watch the first episode of it. I was playing D&D in the other room and Jennifer turned it on and I came in while she was finishing an episode and immediately got hooked. Like it was very interesting. But that was in the second episode. Apparently, the first episode is completely different. Like, it's almost a prequel prologue. So you don't actually see the main characters and actors until you get to the second episode. And so I haven't seen the first episode at all. But So she told me about the stuff that led up to it. And I was like, okay, I'm good. And there are a couple of flashbacks here and there. But uh, I actually need to go back and finish it. Uh, it was excellent and way better than the description made it out to be. Because we were going to watch it one night and the description was like, ah, maybe, maybe not. And uh, so we haven't, uh, we weren't going to watch it. And then she started and then I got all in on it. And uh, then like the, the Fortnite Marvel season is ending. Like yeah. I know, have y'all finished any more of it? Like, we, with... So we beat the battle pass basically. And then right. it goes into like the bonus battle pass where you can get like foil characters so mm -hmm. we got all the foil characters that we wanted for like the silver foils my son and yeah. i and then um there were a couple things that were like weekly challenges that had been released throughout that weren't the normal weekly challenges but it, they were like alternate ways to get alternate costumes for the characters you unlock so i went through and i did all of those so i basically 
I, I'm over level 100 on the battle pass, so I've beaten it. And then I also went through and I did all of the optional stuff to unlock more costumes. So I've kind of finished it, but I do want to go back and see the very ending, which is happening in like a week from right now, to see what happens when Galactus finally shows up. Yes, and that's what I was about to say. I wanted to make sure that you of all people knew about it, but I also wanted to make sure that the listeners who have been maybe not keeping up with it or have, have logged in or done anything this uh, this season that we get to fight Galactus on December 1st. Um, I think it said uh, 3 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Eastern, maybe. Um, it'll tell you if you go look at it, so y'all go look. Uh, but it's December 1st, I know, and I'm really excited to log in. I've never done a Fortnite event because y'all know I'm not a big Fortnite fan, but the idea of fighting Galactus as a giant group of all these Marvel characters, I can't resist that. That having one of those live events, because I mean, Galactus is Galactus, and I'm not sure how they're going to deal with this. I have no idea how you fight him with a pickaxe and some rifles. Like, I really want to know how they handle this. So I'm excited to finish this. And as we've led up to it, uh, I actually got together and played. I've mentioned Riley, my 10 year old nephew on here before, and he got me to get on and play Fortnite with him. And as he added me to this party, he started adding his other 10-year-old friends uh, and, and uh, his, his actual peers playing this. And so I sit here on the PS5 where it automatically adds you to voice chat because the PlayStation 5 uh, controller, the DualSense, has a microphone in it that I get added into this voice chat with all of these 10-year-olds having fun and laughing. And it was one of the best things I've done in so long, just sitting and being able to listen to these kids have fun with each other because I know that like their lives have been disrupted. Like they had to go virtual uh, from school because of COVID because people got exposed and teachers got exposed and it was just kind of a nightmare. And I know that that Riley and all of his friends were sad. They didn't get to see each other. So being a part of this, like being the 37 year old uncle who got invited to play with my nephew and his like actual friends, it made me feel so good, you know, like where he wanted to play with me it wasn't a oh he's on gonna play with he's like are you gonna get on and play Fortnite with me and when i did he invited all of his friends it was it was just one of those heartwarming moments where i'm like oh like he's 10 and he still wants to play games with his uncle with his friends like he's not embarrassed of me and it was always funny where people were like who is this guy and they were like it's riley's uncle and they're like Okay, and just kept on going, and it was hilarious. Like, I loved being able to experience that, and uh, I'm sure it'll happen again as the Marvel season ends here and uh, Galactus comes. So I'm really, really excited to see how uh, Galactus is handled. Yeah, and see no, how 10-year-olds cool. kill Galactus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nice when you can connect with family over gaming. It's always a good yeah. thing. Um, yeah, before I dive into my half of weekly geekery, don't forget we are part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the geekery blog, all of that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent right to you. We also have a digital magazine called Press Start where what is the latest right now on that? Uh, I have no idea when this is going to air, so I'm just going <laughs> to say we have all sorts of episodes. We have all sorts of Probably issues. the holidays. Like what's the holiday issue about? 
So this is the holidays. Yay. Uh, we're working on holiday issue where we're going to do some different things. Uh, we've doubled up November and December to have holiday cheer in our uh, issue this month uh, or months, I guess. So we're going to have stuff. I'm working on a D&D module that's Christmas themed uh, called Claws for Concern. Huh? <laughs> and uh i'm excited about that i hope it comes together as well as it is in my mind it's been a lot of fun to write uh we're gonna have lots of stories and uh other stuff we're probably going to be, we're trying some more experimental stuff uh, in terms of content uh so it's just gonna be really great and we're wanting to spread that holiday cheer on how gaming always makes the holidays better and the kind of experiences that we all have so if you want to see some back issues or get uh this one you can go to patreon.com slash geek to Geekcast uh, to check it out. And that brings us to my half with Geekery. Um, I have a bunch of stuff I've been watching or like picking away at watching. So one is Shit's Creek, which I've heard about for years and years, but never got around to. My wife finally watched it and right. I was like, okay, you she knows my taste better than almost anyone. Um, or probably anyone at this point. But she I was like, would I like this? Like, is it for me? Because it just doesn't seem like it is. And what she told me was, she's like, if you can get through the first season, it gets better. And if you can get to season three, you'll probably really like it. And so right. she has basically been like semi curating it for me, where <laughs> we're skipping a lot of episodes or parts of episodes. Or she's like, oh, there's this one really funny sequence in this one episode that we should watch. And then we can go to the next one. Um, so that's how I've been watching through it. But as as it's been going on, it's been getting better. So we're like partway through season two right now. And it's funny, but it's not for everyone, and I'm still not sure if it's entirely for me, but this curated way of watching it with my wife just telling me like what to watch and what to skip has been working, so we're going to keep doing that. Um, I, yeah. I was the same way as you. Like People keep telling me that I would love this, and I sat down when it first got on Netflix, and people were telling me that I would love it, and I watched... I don't even remember how many episodes of season one I watched, but it was multiple episodes to go through and really give it a, a true shot. So it was like three, four, five episodes. And I was just like, I don't like this. None of these people are are even like, I don't even like real, trying to relate to these people in a comedic way. I was like, I just, or even in an ironic way, it's like, no, it's like, I just did not have fun watching it. But everybody tells me what you do, what you did was get through season one, uh, you might like season two. Season three is where it gets great and you're going to be hooked. But I'm just like, I don't know if I want to put in that much much time and effort into maybe liking a show. It's, uh, it just seems like there's better stuff to spend my time on, even though I hear absolutely wonderful things about this one. Yeah, if I didn't have someone curating it for me, I would not have made it through the first episode, much less season. Mm. So, yep, I agree I mean, with you I mean, I pushed through that one. I understand the thought where I was just like, I had it on and I remember doing something else while it was on because I didn't get into it, but I kept kept doing it. So let me know if it is worth doing that because you're approaching it in the same way I I do or I should or I will. Okay. Um, I also, I marathoned through The Crown season four and it was really good. I mean, the production values are always good, but like the story was good. It was compelling. It drew, like, you know, it pulled me through. Like this was kind of the only thing I was doing with my free time as I was watching it. So I finished it in two days, which is crazy for me just because I don't usually watch that much TV. Um, the season four, it's a lot of stuff with Charles and Diana. So it's getting closer and closer to modern day. You know, um, it's it's interesting to see how things are getting 
I don't know. It, it's more relatable to me as we get closer to modern day because it's actually like starts getting into the time frame when I'm alive, even if I wasn't super aware of things. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing about it is there's no like fairy tale ending or surprise twist here, even though it's like royalty, right? Um, it's it's compelling, but it's kind of dark because like you know where this is going. You know what happens with Diana. You know that like the royal family doesn't change as a family. Like it's still kind of the core of the same thing as time goes on. So it's a show that I definitely need to decompress from after I finish it, which is kind of interesting. I still haven't seen any part of The Crown. I think I would like it. I know you said that I might or might not, but all the previews, all the trailers, all the the scenes I've seen from it really do make me think that I would like it. And in the times that I've been looking for a new show, I've never been in that kind of drama mood. It's never been something that was that serious and and Oscar baity, I guess, is the way way I feel about it. It may not be, but I feel like it's Oscar bait kind of uh in show form and i like that kind of tv show i just haven't been in the mood for it but all the production quality the the acting looks phenomenal i just haven't had that uh that that mindset to sit down and do it yeah totally um the other thing that i've been watching is the right stuff on disney plus which is it's like the mercury seven astronauts so if you've never done that or if you've never looked into that stuff um it's interesting and I always like space documentaries and I like seeing what's going on with like the history of space and aeronautics and all of that. This is like a dramatization, whereas usually when you see this time of history, it's it's really like a history documentary. And this is not that. This is like a, a drama show. And it's good, but again, it's one of those where like I can't watch a ton of it at once in one sitting because too many of the main characters it's just it's set in the 50s so all the guys are just like drinking and smoking and like cheating on their wives or thinking about cheating on their wives and they're all just kind of jerks and it's kind of like the same reason that i could never watch mad men um you know like it's it just doesn't click with me but i like the parts where they're focusing on nasa and the space race and what's going on with the mercury program and the rockets so i'm watching it for that but there's all these other pieces of it that i'm like "Uh, okay let's get on to the next thing let's get back to space um so yeah i i wouldn't recommend it to everyone not yet but i'm also not through the whole thing um so yeah we'll see we'll see on that one makes me think of the line from Hamilton with uh, Jefferson going, can we get back to politics, please? And uh, it's uh, that's kind of the way that one went. Can we get back to space, please? Uh, where I understand exactly what you mean. I don't tend to like those kinds of shows, like when they deal with that, uh, that level and that uh, personality in the personal parts. Uh, Mad Men did the same thing to me. I watched the first season with a friend when it first came out on DVD, and it was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch anymore. It was good. I see why people like it. Uh, not for me. Yeah, and again, it's it's good, but not, I don't know. I don't know. The setting is just not clicking with me, but the subject matter is. So I'm sticking with right. it for now. Um, and then, okay, so what else have I been doing? I've been doing um, Infinity Gauntlet, a love letter game, because I like love letter is probably one of my favorite lightweight games that's just out there right now it's a card game i don't know this one like i saw this in your notes for a week or two however long you've had it written there and i don't know i didn't know that a love letter or love letter was a game in its own so i'm reading this in your notes as infinity gauntlet a love letter 
And uh, so I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, how does this game work? I don't understand why. Like, you know how you have like a love letter to so-and-so? It's like a love letter to the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, okay. it's not that. It's so love letter is a game and this is based on a lot of the same core ideas I so gotcha. in love letter you you draw a card and then you play a card and you only ever have like one card in your hand when it's not your turn and you have two cards in your hand when it is your turn um a lot of those same concepts apply here in infinity gauntlet a love letter game um because it's based on the same core concept so it's like love letter but it has a lot more direct confrontation because it's marvel right it's like superheroes right. versus basically thanos um, and there's a lot less instant lose scenarios, which exist in the main love letter game. But in this, everything's a Marvel character. And the way this game plays is it's two to six players and it's everyone versus Thanos. So you can technically play it just heads up like one V one. But the way that we found that we're having the most fun is like two or three people versus Thanos is a really good balance to have because the heroes share a deck and then Thanos has his own deck essentially. And it's fun. We really liked it. And it's super fast to play too. So it's like a lightweight game to get on the table. Um, but again, I I like it and I've been having fun, but I also just like the main love letter game so much that I still go back to that. I still use that as part of my mm. general rotation for gaming. Well, that's really cool. Like that's one I'm not familiar with at all. So it sounds neat. Like the Infinity Gauntlet one, especially. Yeah, for sure. I like it. Um, we've also been, there's one that's been on my geekery for a long, long time. Um, it's there's this Starfinder audio RPG, and you can only get it through Alexa, which I'm not going to say that again, just in case I triggered anybody. Sorry about that. Um, Alexa, yeah, find Starfinder. That's exactly what you do. And it is a Starfinder campaign that it's basically an interactive choose-your-own-adventure podcast, kind of. Uh. So you listen to it, but your character has stats, your character has abilities, and you can trigger all of those with your voice when you get to decision points. So I've been playing through that with my kids, and we're not playing it every night. We're playing it, you know, it's like one night we might play like half an hour or an hour, and then we won't touch it for a week, and then we'll go back to it. Um, it's fun. Like, it's it's another way to interact with kind of tabletop rpgs without actually having to have a tabletop and a whole gaming group you know you can just play it on your own it's totally right. soloable but it's it's cool and it's interesting and i'm glad that it exists it's been fun for us that sounds really really cool yeah the first chapter or the first standalone like chapter zero is totally free also on okay. alexa so again there i might have triggered it sorry uh <laughs> the yeah but it, it's good so you can go try it out for free um and like I said, we've been having a good time with it. And then the last thing on my weekly geekery is I watched the Lego Star Wars holiday special and I really, right. really liked it. It was so dumb. I love that so you were perfect. texting me immediately five minutes into it. Yeah. Like you didn't even finish it before you started texting me about how much you liked it. No, I like it a lot. Um, you know, it's all about life day instead of like a specific holiday, but that's basically the, you know, winter holiday equivalent in Star Wars universe. Right. So it's life day. I think a little tiny bit of it is semi-canon, but mostly it's about time travel and like Lego Star Wars and mixing and matching across all the different timelines and stuff that's just, there's no way that it's canon. You know, kind of by the end of it, they kind of put everything back to right just in case. Um, but the one piece that I like that I do think is kind of semi-canon is that it's after the Skywalker saga and Rey is training Finn to be a Jedi. And I think that that is really cool. And I would love to see that expanded on in other expanded universe stuff. I have always said, I think I said it on this show and I've said it to anyone who will listen uh, when I'm talking about Rise of Skywalker, that what needs to happen after uh, 
in in the aftermath of Rise of Skywalker is that we need a television show that does that has Ray training Finn and going about like galactic adventures called the Galactic Adventures of Ray Skywalker. We need that, and this is a big reason why to see stuff like that on screen more often. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be for a series that's just Ray going around and doing stuff with the Force, and you know, being a Force user, like. Uh, that would be interesting to me so yeah just to see that little bit right it's part of the start of the story and part of the end of the story it's not really what this lego star wars holiday special is about because the holiday special part is really just kind of a grab bag of funny stuff and revisiting all these timelines but the fact that she is training finn and it's after the skywalker saga like that gives me some hope for the future of what they could do with those characters if they choose to even if it's books or comics or something like that, that I want to see that particular storyline play out because we didn't get to see it in any of the movies like I had hoped we would from The Force Awakens on. Yeah, I mean, it became so subservient to the old Skywalker stuff that just weighed it down. And it's like, now that that saga is finally over, you could actually take Rey and Finn and Poe and go do their own thing that's completely separate and new. And like, I would be interested in that. I would 100% watch a TV show, read a book, keep up with comics for that. Like, I fell in love with those characters, and like you said, you texting me that five minutes in made me want to see this even more than I already did. Yeah, it's so it's cool. And the thing is, it's so lightweight and fun and like low stakes that like you could watch this like Lego holiday special with your kids or like with anyone. They don't really need a whole lot of Star Wars knowledge. It's just fun and it's goofy and it's like 45 minutes like it's lightweight and kind of carefree, which is nice this time of year. It really is. So I have a question before we we wrap up. Um, Well, not something that I'm doing, but something that I have on my Christmas list because of something that you said on Discord. Like, okay. so we've talked about tabletop board games and you talking about Infinity Gauntlet reminded me of this. Um, like Gloomhaven is entirely too much to set up. And I haven't played a lot of the digital version I bought, but you said and others were talking about this uh, easy version of it or streamlined version, I guess is the better way to put it. Like, is that like, can you explain that to me a little bit? I'm assuming there are listeners who would want to know the same kind of thing. Like, because Gloomhaven is so intimidating to get into and expensive, like there is an affordable streamlined version. Like, what makes it better to get into than the other one? Because I added it to my Christmas uh, wish list that I sent to my wife, and I'm just kind of curious about it since you were talking about Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, sure. So keep in mind, this is from someone, me, who has played gloomhaven uh, a handful of times and i have never played this new version but i understand what it is oh i so, thought you had played it no but i know what it is i have friends who have played it and i've looked okay. into it because i've almost bought it like three different times um so gloomhaven is this huge giant big box game with uh like consistent campaign it has unlocks it has like things that are persistent throughout the story but really at its core it's this like tactical minis game where you use cards to control the minis um it's it's a really cool game it's really fun to play the reason that i've only played it a couple times even though i own this super expensive huge game is that it's such a big game that it is so annoying to set up it takes a really really long time to like get it on the table get it set up find the scenario you need find all the tile pieces lay those down put all of the environmental objects in there find all your characters get all the cards like it's just it's a whole process that's super annoying and 
I that's the reason that I eventually just kind of like I don't really get it on the table even anymore, even though I like that game. Right. Jaws of the Lion is the same gameplay, the same core concept, but there's no tile pieces. All of it is done through like um, a, a game manual that you just open and the scenarios are just there and the boards are just pre laid out for you. Okay. Um, so it just streamlines everything. And there's just not as much in the box. There's not as many pieces to worry about, not as many cards. So it's it's just quicker to like get on the table is the main thing. Okay, because I wasn't sure. Like it's a forty to fifty dollar game, depending on how you find it on sale. So which is a big difference from the hundred and fifty to two hundred Gloomhaven main box. So even though actually it's on sale right now as I'm record as we're recording this for like eighty one if anybody cares uh, on Amazon. But it's a, it's a big difference in cost. So I added it to my list because I'm interested in it being streamlined because I like the core concept of Gloomhaven, but I wasn't exactly sure how it was handled in this one, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a good option to get onboarded if it's something you're interested in. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Uh, that's probably it for this episode. Uh, next time, we're going to start having end-of-the-year stuff. So this is probably our last main normal episode until Ooh. next season i know it's weird um you guys can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek to geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek to geekcast we also have great discussions on slack and discord you can go to geek to geekmedia.com for invite links while you're there make sure to check out all the other content on the network like blogs video game reviews live streams and our digital magazine press start I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Happy holidays, everybody. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Beep, 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 beep. Comics. Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. 